Welcome to Inclusion and Marketing, the show that's all about giving you the skills and insights you need to win the attention, adoration, and loyalty of more consumers, especially those with differences that are often ignored by brands. I'm your host, Sonia Thompson, a marketer and a person with a lot of differences. Let's get to it. Okay, I've got another podcast recommendation for you. It's Latinx in Power, hosted by Thaisa Fernandez. It's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. This podcast features interviews with top-level executives, entrepreneurs, and innovators from Latin America, aiming to demystify the tech industry by providing listeners with insider perspectives and insight from Latin American leaders who have succeeded in their fields. I like listening to this podcast because I like hearing from a broad diversity of voices and hearing from and learning from their experiences. One episode I'm super excited to dive into is the latest one, Lead Generation Journey with Glenville Dixon Jr. Listen to Latinx Empower wherever you get your podcasts. A couple of weeks ago, Jonathan and I packed up Luna and our dog Moore and went to the park. It was a Wednesday, a day that Jonathan tends to have off. And generally, when he has a day off, I like to take the day off so we can have a family day. So we're in the park and we're at the playground and we see a mom and her son getting settled in. She's sitting on the bench and her son is playing on the ground in front of her. Luna loves kids and anytime she sees one, she waves or she'll go up to them and try to interact with them in some way. She loves to be in the mix. And this morning, Luna walks up with her little soccer ball to the boy who was about her age, not yet two at this point. The little boy has no interest in Luna at all, none whatsoever. He's focusing intently on his trucks. He's really shy, his mom explains to me. Then she starts speaking to him in a language other than English. I'm not sure what the language was, but I did recognize she was speaking to him in that stern, hushed mom tone, trying to get him to acknowledge Luna's presence. At some point, she and I exchange additional pleasantries in English, and then I tell Luna in Spanish, vamos a buscar papá y mora, which means let's go find daddy and mora. As I thought about that whole encounter later, I realized I was experiencing in real life the data points that I read about online. The U.S., where our family now lives, is increasingly becoming more diverse. Here are a few of those statistics in case you are not aware. Gen Z, people born between 1997 and 2012, some people say that's 2010, is now 25% of the population and 48% diverse. Gen Alpha, that's the generation that Luna and this boy at the playground belong to, the generation after Gen Z, that is trending to be even more diverse than Gen Z. More than 67 million, or roughly 22% of the population, speaks a language other than English in the home. That's more than double than it was in 1980. And according to the 2020 census, The percentage of the population identifying as white only dropped to 57.8%, marking the first time it's been below 60% since 1790 when the U.S. census began. As I started to think about this more, I realized that I've been seeing this data come to life in various ways. My niece is in the ninth grade and plays on the basketball team. Half of the girls on her team are mixed race. And when I look at the girls on the other team she plays against, it's a similar story. 
I went to that same high school years ago and played against the same schools, and the demographics are vastly different now than it was when I was at that school. The makeup of the people your business serves is changing as well. We are no longer at a place where we are looking at years into the future to realize the impact of these shifts in the population. Decisions are being made now, and not just by this younger generation. Their parents are making decisions with them in mind right now. When I think about Luna, a mixed race, mixed culture, she has both citizenship in the U.S. and in Argentina, and a bilingual child, as her mom, I make decisions all the time with Luna's uniqueness in mind. When I buy books, I often seek out books that are in Spanish or bilingual. We have the Pink Fong and Espanol channel on YouTube on lock in our home. So instead of her watching Baby Shark, she watches Tiburon Bebe. When we were looking for a house in preparation for relocating from Buenos Aires to the Tampa area, we intentionally looked for diverse neighborhoods and a school district that was diverse. And when I look for doctors for Luna, I try to seek out a woman of color. And with these changing demographics come other changes for you from a brand perspective. After all, demographics don't make buying decisions. Lived experiences do. Real needs and challenges do. Connections and a sense of belonging do. So how do you translate these changes into your marketing to better reflect real-life experiences and challenges of the people you serve? Start by rethinking who your customer is. When we think about our customer, it is very common to default to the most privileged identities. So if a brand has a product that serves women, very often it feels like that buyer persona or customer avatar is a white woman based upon how the marketing is executed. But this is limiting and that if all of your imagery and references speak to a white woman, others who aren't white will have a harder time feeling like they belong with you. So what I like to have my clients do is go through an exercise where they think about all the different types of people who have the problem that their business solves and list out the ways in which their customers can be different from a demographic standpoint. So if you serve busy working moms, think of the ways in which she could be different. This mom could be different by race. She could be black or Asian or Latina. She could be 45 or she could be 25. She could be a cisgendered straight woman or she could be a lesbian. She could have some form of physical disability. She could be Christian, Jewish, or Muslim. She could be married or single. She could be a size four or a size 24. There are a number of ways the women in this target group could be different. Thus, by going through an exercise and acknowledging all the multitude of ways the people you could be serving could present themselves, you set yourself up to design or reimagine your products, services, and experiences in a way throughout your marketing mix that works for the various identities of the women you've chosen to serve. Finding a service solution that helps you better connect with customers and keep them happy can feel impossible. Like trying to remember the name of that guy you just met at a networking event. Was it Ron or could it be Don or John or Sean? Yeah, that kind of impossible. HubSpot's all new service hub can help. Well, with the service solution part, at least. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform 
for the first time ever. With an AI-powered help desk and an AI chatbot that handles frontline tickets fast. Plus, it comes with a customer success workspace that helps reps anticipate customer needs and a full 360 view of every customer so your go-to-market team can keep a pulse on accounts before trying to upsell or cross-sell. Also, you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. And you know what that means. Better service and happier customers at every stage of the journey. Visit HubSpot.com service to do more for your customers today. Thus, by going through an exercise and acknowledging all the multitude of ways that people who have the problem that your brand solves could be different, you set yourself up to design or reimagine your products, services, and experiences in a way throughout your marketing mix that works for the various identities of the people you've chosen to serve. With this in mind, it can completely change the way you show up in a good way. Davis Bridal does a fantastic job of having a pulse of the various ways in which the people they serve could be different. On their website, their mission statement says, from Friday nights out to once-in-a-lifetime weddings, quinceañeras, to anniversary dinners, we exist for magical moments. Even the language they've used here about why they exist acknowledges that they serve customers who are part of the Latino community, as quinceañeras are a big celebration for when girls in this community turn 15. That little line is a simple nod to people who are part of this community that David's Bridal sees them, gets them, and wants them to feel like they belong. In addition, if you were to look at the photography and the various storylines of actual customers they feature, you'll see a wide variety of different types of people and who they serve. You'll see black couples, white couples, same-sex couples, mixed-race couples, older couples, younger couples, couples in wheelchairs, couples of varying sizes. A broad number of people can see themselves reflected in the visual imagery and in the copy David's Bridal puts out. They recognize that there is a broad diversity in the different types of people who have the problem that they solve, and they want to make sure that they make all those folks feel like they belong. And the result of their intentional efforts of including more people is one in three brides in the U.S. gets their wedding dress from David's Bridal. I'm one of them. Fun fact, I bought three of my four wedding dresses from them, but that's a story for another day. Bottom line, there are a lot of ways in which the people you serve could be different. Don't limit the amount of people your business serves by being too narrow in your view of who your customers could be. And don't leave these customers hanging when it comes to getting their problem solved. Be intentional about being more inclusive when defining who your ideal customer is. Everyone wins when you do. I do want to circle back to one thing. When you start being more inclusive of more identities in your marketing, data shows that those who are part of privileged groups don't even notice. So worrying about pushing them away as you're including others shouldn't be a concern. Michael Smith is the chief marketing officer at NPR, but he used to be the senior vice president and general manager at Scripps Network, which includes channels like HGTV, the Food Network, and the Travel Channel. So while he was at the Scripps Network, he explained a phenomenon that they were seeing. Here's what he said. According to research, we have seen over the years, if you make something with an all-white cast, a white audience won't notice it. 
but a minority audience will notice it. And if you make something that has a significant presence of minority characters or a minority host, white audiences don't notice that either. White Americans are just not as conscious of the ethnicity, but audience members of color will really feel good about it. Fascinating, right? Let's take the opportunity to make more people feel good and grow our businesses in the process. That's it for this episode. If you'd like more information on how to get started building your inclusive brand that wins the attention, adoration, and loyalty of more consumers, grab my Inclusive Marketing Starter Kit. Head on over to inclusivemarketing.co slash starter kit to grab it. And if you like this episode, I would so appreciate it if you would share it with a friend and even rate and review it in your podcast app of choice. It'll help get the word out so others can get going delivering inclusive experiences. Until next time, remember, everyone deserves to have a place where they belong. Let's use our individual and collective power to make sure more people feel like they do. Somebody's waiting on you. Thanks for listening.